0: 630Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Eskimos head coach Scott Milanovic scheduled to join us on Inside Sports tomorrow. It'll be good to chat with Scott. Of course, the news earlier this week that the Canadian Football League will delay the start of training camps. They're calling it a postponement. May 17th was when teams were supposed to convene to get ready for the season. I would think uh, if there is going to be a CFL season this year, it will not be the full 18 games. We had Randy on last week, the commissioner of the league, who said... Uh, You know, he seems open to a shorter season. They just want to have a credible season. And then the Grey Cup in Regina in late November. No Wimbledon this year. Canceled for the first time since 1945. Uh, NHL team's on pause. The players were told yesterday that they should extend their isolation period to April 15th. It had previously been April 4th. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your Furnace Replacements specialists with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Always a pleasure to catch up with our next guest, a young man who was drafted 121st overall in 1997 and went on to play close to 1,200 games in the NHL, regular season and playoffs combined. It is Jason Chimera. Jason, good to speak to you, buddy. How are you doing? Reed,
3: always good to talk to you. Thanks for calling me, young man. You made me feel good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, well, hey, you're younger than me, so I can I can go with that for the for. All right, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean the the, the the number 97 in in this uh, in this part of the world has taken on added significance the last few years. So I can't help but notice the connection. You were drafted in 97, uh, the year McDavid was born and born, and and you would have overlapped with him for a couple of years and played a few games against him.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you, you know, coming back here, he's, he's sure fun to watch. I mean, it's like you you take your kids to the game a couple of times and watch him up live, and you play against him, You Don't realize how good he is, but just uh, he's he's worth the price of admission, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, well, you were a pretty good skater, but the the quality and speed of the of the athletes coming into the game, I'd say, to me as an observer, maybe last five or six years seems to have really ramped up.
3: Oh, it's, 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 a, it, you think when it ber- we're starting, when I first started, like fourth when you were a bunch of like, grinders and guys who, who maybe weren't the best skaters, but could just, you know, control the puck down low and not, uh, not give it away. Now it seems like every, everybody can skate, everybody can move. And, and if you, if you're not, you're kind of a liability out there for sure. The game has got so fast and uh, it's, it's a lot of training. You know, all these guys put a lot of, they're really trained series and, and, you know, the skills coming up, or or just uh, guys working on skating, stick handling, all stuff. You really can see it now when when they're coming up. It's pretty cool to watch.
0: Were, were you always a fast skater, even as a, a little guy, or was it something you had to work on?
3: Yeah, I was always fast, but then I worked uh, um, I worked with Stephanie Handling growing up here, which she's worked, uh, now Quantum Speed. But I worked with her all growing up, so she helped and. Um, but I it always a faster kid, but she kind of helped me fine tune a couple things and then without her help and you know that uh, it, it was it was pretty cool to work with her for a number of years and she helped me kind of right on track to where I needed to be.
0: Yeah uh, we well, you know we had a great chat with uh, with Kelly Rudy yesterday about he grew up in Elmwood in in West Edmonton you're yeah. Edmonton guy what was uh, what was your home neighborhood as as a as a little kid?
3: Yeah, I grew up in millwoods in Edmonton. so uh,
0: really, really good times there and uh and did you start playing hockey like how old were you uh
3: well i you know i tried to put a, you know i think it's 10 minutes now i used to, used to start playing there but uh you know ever since i was young i had a stick in my hand and you know growing up in millwoods we had a i had an old brother who played and so we kind of just uh he put me in net at first and we always just played together in the in the driveway we had a our whole neighborhood seemed to have street hockey games every night it was just a it was just a cool thing to grow up in millwoods was a great You know, they had a great program when I was younger, and it was and uh, it was fun to grow up there and play there.
0: You know, I've heard that story before, Jason. That you know, whether it's a group of brothers or siblings or whatever, one of the younger ones often gets put in net. Sometimes they never talk their way out of it being a goaltender. But you were able to do that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think I think I maybe maybe (laughs) maybe, maybe I I fought him for it. I don't know how I got out of net, but I, I I got out of there somehow. I think so. Some of other, maybe our other neighbors could put in. So I don't, we got out of that by, uh, kind of Yeah, I don't know if, uh, you know, the goalie was a different element for sure. I love playing hockey goalie, but never, never, never in that, that's for sure, on the ice.
0: You never had to play it in an actual ice hockey game. Okay.
3: Well, you know, in you know, TomTom's when I used to play, I used to, I used to rotate goalies. And I used to dread the moment I was going that. Everyone used to love it, and I used to hate it so much, but uh, everyone took their turn back then, and, you uh, I remember those days when it was, was year your turn, you're just, just kind of nervous all day. So I think, um, <laughs> thank God, thank God you don't do that in NHL. You have to play one net. That'd be interesting, though.
0: Yeah, if, they, if every 20th Definitely. game you have to have a different yeah. goalie. Yeah, yeah. You know,
3: that would be fun. i, would, I should you play a good stand on it. That'd be great. So, oh, car, yeah. is a net. Car, car is a that today. So we'll be...
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a way to spice it up for sure. Jason Sparrow yeah. joining us today at Slice So you're growing up in Mill Woods, and. I mean when you're when you're like six, seven, eight and, and I you know, I know you're a humble guy, but I gotta ask it this way, were you already a pretty good player, like rep t- league material right away, or did you kinda grow into that?
3: Yeah, I, I you know, I was always uh, a pretty good player from right from the onset. Like I was one of those kids and you know, in the goal, we indigo used to just lay down in Tom and I was always one of the only kids who could raise it so I got, scored all the goals that because I was the you only know, and we didn't have the blue pucks back then, so you had to raise the black pucks. and so uh but uh, it was, uh, yeah, I was always a, uh, a good player and just kind of a, had a natural instinct for it. And, and uh, you know, I worked at it lots, but it was kind of had a natural. right are get good. I was always pretty good, so.
0: Yeah, it's okay. So did you have, um, you know, and, and as a kid, of course, everybody wants to be in the NHL, but maybe there's a point where you realize, like, okay, it's actually hard. You need to get drafted. You don't just say you want to do it. You got to commit to it. Did you have... Sort of that light bulb moment or season that okay, I can do this, but I I really gotta shape my life towards doing it.
3: You know what I I was just playing junior and I, I got drafted by Edmonton and I was a fifth round pick, so I wasn't at a high like. And I think when I made the world junior team, I think I really started to think, "Holy smokes, maybe I could uh, um, take this somewhere." Because I never really thought of myself like I always thought of myself as a good player, but never thought of myself as a. Uh, um, uh, lead player, and then I made the World Junior Team that one year, and I'm like, holy smokes, that's pretty cool, and you get drafted, and then, you know, it, 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 all these things start lining up for you, because I was, I, was uh, I was always pretty light, and never never was a huge guy, I was 150 pounds, when I got drafted, I think, it was just like, you know, I kind of bulked up after, but um, I was always small growing up. And I never thought, but you always have that dream in your back of mind. But I always worked for it. I never, I never really took no for an answer, and I think it was just one of those kids who was very, very focused on what I did. And, and then when you start, you started working out, it seems, seeing the stuff pay off. And um, like I said, the World Juniors really, really put a feather in my cap and kind of gave me a lot of confidence going forward.
0: Jason, that's an amazing story, and, and I love how you say you were always focused and determined, but. You know, I, 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 you know, I often ask those types of questions about the, you know, the process. How when people realized I might be an elite athlete, and I've, I've talked to NHLers, CFLers, whoever, who have said, yeah, you know, when I was 12 or 13, or when I was 15, my coach took me aside. Like that is amazing. You, you're playing in the Western Hockey League, and it took being named to the World Junior Team. You're either like the, you must be the most humble person in the world.
3: Well, no. I'm, I'm... You know, I, I I was always a good hockey player, but I never really thought I could. I don't know. I, I you know, you always dream of playing NHL for sure. That's that's number one, isn't it? and and like and I realized it was a whole bunch of work and and to put into it. But you never really think of yourself as that athlete till like something that happens to you, and, you, and the whole things that like you get drafted, and you make and the, you know the world junior team and stuff like that. was like just like holy smokes, this is pretty cool, and and then. Coming from junior, you play you play in front of three thousand, four thousand, and he went to Winnipeg, and the old Winnipeg Stadium was full of people, fifteen thousand people, and I was like, holy smokes, like this is beyond my expectations, beyond what's cool, and 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 you could just imagine yourself being doing that every night. It was was I think it was just like you're like, holy, this could be, this could be something worth worth doing. So, um, but yeah, that was the that was kind of like the kind of moment you're like, okay, this is this could be something.
0: Is, is there a coach you remember? You know, either from junior or earlier, th- you remember really had a big impact on you.
3: Well, I know you, when you when you're younger, you always uh, like you always uh, your your dad's always coaching you. When you until you until you're old enough, to, there's no parent coaches anymore. Then um, when I got to like there's a whole bunch of guys like you know Curt Lockton from, from Mass and Rick Carrier was there, at, um, uh, Larry Draper, Ben Dorvel, some of these young guys. Some coaches when you're when you're younger such an influence on you that uh when you see him years down the road you're like jeez and and i talked to uh larry when i talked a lot about coach he's coaching verna vipers now and i talked a lot about like just like coaching kids and, and how different it is nowadays when when, I, when he coached me and how they could yell at him yell at uh, yell at everybody and like uh even i learned a lot this year you can't it's, it's hard to you know it's, you, gotta, you gotta dial it down a lot um it's uh but you know coaches are such they have such a good influence when you of your whole life. It's pretty cool to see them later and just thank them. And um, you know, those those guys really, those minor hockey league coaches really paved the way to to the way for your future for sure. You know, they're really good lessons. You know, I think your lessons going forward, you learn, You remember those lessons for sure for the rest of your life.
0: Jason, I don't mean to alarm you, but we have listeners texting in with questions for you and going oh, yeah, on your career. Pro- let's let's. let's Answer questions. <laughs> uh, pro, pro, you know, pro, probably, uh, probably, probably. Probably my di- buddy. Probably, a, probably, a buddy somebody speaking
3: to you for sure or
0: something. <laughs> well, I was gonna say probably a different tone than you would have got you, you know on a post game show if you'd gone minus two or minus three, but. Uh... <laughs> (laughs) I know that that didn't happen very often in in your career. No, no, I was always plus. Every single game. Uh,
3: Don't look at my stats. Don't look at my stats.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jason, uh, or sorry, Benjamin says, Jason, congratulations on a great career. By the way, your mom was my librarian at Idlewild Elementary School. I still remember how excited she was when you were drafted by the Oilers. Uh, And then Benjamin says, please say hello to Jason. Does that, there's a bit of a memory
3: that's so cool yeah my mom my as as you know your mom's your mom and your dad are such big supporters you're growing, and, you're, and you realize that when you start playing minor, when you start taking your kids to minor hockey, like how much work it is, taking them every night, they drive them to to and fro, and, and they were always willing to do it, and they always, and, you know, my mom was a huge fan, she still has more stuff of mine than I, I ever could dream of, so I'm like, holy smoke, well, kept all stuff, you know, i newspaper clippings, everything, so, yeah, I remember Ily well School, for sure, she was, uh, yeah, she had, uh, um, she worked there for a while, and I, I visited that school many times.
0: All right, uh, this texter says, Jason grew up in my hood. Uh, I can't remember if he went to J. Percy Page.
3: Yeah, J. Percy Page is my high school, yeah. Uh, I I was was gonna, a, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was a medicine hat for most of the time for it, but I, uh, that's where I went to high school for sure,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about that, and I mentioned you know Kelly and I were talking about this last night. He was also a medicine hat tiger, kind of a generation yeah. before uh, y- you were there. Like, was that... And, I mean, that must have been how did how did you find that okay you you know you got to go and get into a high school you got to play hockey and go around on the bus and they expect you to you know do your school work you can't go to you can't miss classes and get 10 percent. like how did you balance that
3: it, it was hard at first because you know i was always the um school never came easy for me so i was always you really have to work at it so and um teachers are and that's what I had, teachers are so good with you they helped you out a lot and um just when you miss stuff they would you know, whatever you needed, they were there for you. And I remember, like, I can't remember their names, but like math teachers, science teachers, they'd always be willing to help you, give you what you need, and they'd, they'd help you out after class if you needed it. And they're always so good. And they knew you missed a lot, and um, they were more than willing to help you. And, um, and there's uh, some people that helped us out in that, in that school, too, which is awesome. So, I mean, people are so so willing to bend over backwards to help you out, which, is, which was really cool.
0: You know what's cool, too, about the Medicine Hat Tigers? The most famous member of the organization might be the bus driver slash play-by-play guy. Bob, oh, really? that
3: was <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. We would we, he would call the game and he'd drive the bus and like I remember we used to sit up there like a lot of us would sit up and with him at the game just kind of you know shoot uh, shoot the crap with him up in the front of the bus and sit with him up there and you know he used to drink coffee and kind hang out with him drink it, drinking your drinking some water hanging so, you know, out. Some of the stories he had with some of the people were just like he had so many stories. He's such a good guy. And I don't. You know, you play a game, and half the guy, most of the bus is sleeping. He's calling a game. the the pregame show, the postgame show, and and then he gets on the bus and drives home. It was it was, it was absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, and he's. I don't think he drives the bus anymore, but he's still and calling
3: safely Rito, he uh, you know, safely. He's he always like the safest guy. Like we always get home safely, and and um, and he drives those roads, and just like some of blizzard you drive through, you're like, holy smoke! Um, and Reds would always we'd always get home safely, which was awesome.
0: Jason Chimera joining us on Inside Sports. You played from the Oilers from 2000 to 2004, okay? I opened Pandora's box by reading some texts because now we got Larry coming in with a high, hard one. But I, I read some texts, so I got to read Larry's for you, Jason. Hi, Reed, Can you please ask Jason? You're going to laugh. What happened between him and Craig McTavish that made him leave? Oh, my. <laughs>
3: I don't, I don't know if anything happened i think we just uh i, I don't I, I, I didn't leave i just got i got traded so um um yeah that
0: was good answer was not, yeah <laughs> well yeah i didn't remember like i wasn't covering the team at that point but yeah. i didn't remember anything like that <laughs> you guys were button heads or anything
3: we had a huge fight the one game and <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't i, I can't remember anything cause i got uh, it, was, it was too too uh um, yeah
0: uh, Jared says, uh, do you remember any uh really good minor hockey players that that you played against growing up in Millwoods and in Edmonton?
3: Holy oh, spoke yeah, there were well, there was a there was a ton of like good like I remember when Millwoods was, was a really good hockey and I used to you know, to play against the Carmer guys and when I was you know, CSC like more, the White Midwest West teams had Joey Bashing and all those guys and uh Greg uh you and know, all these guys were, were were really good play against and I think uh, um I can't remember too many like too many names we played against but, like uh, too many concussions.
0: Reno, you know, I can't think back that far. <laughs> <laughs> you always got a sense of humor about yourself. That's why I like having you on the show as well. Uh, we're, we're we're obviously going to keep in touch and do this again. We're getting a little short on time, but I mean, I'll just I mean, it's a it's a it's, it's a serious time obviously in the world, Jason, uh, and you know, from a sports fan standpoint, we've we've lost a lot of things. Um, we, we like to watch. Have you ever thought, like, man, I wonder if I were a player, how would I be feeling with all this?
3: Well, maybe I could, I could. when, when I get started up here, you know, I could play because I might be just good the shape of some of these guys right now, they might be. So. <laughs> You're ready to <laughs> no, go. I I, you know what, it just, uh, it, it, it's just, it's such a weird time. to talk like a lot of guys are playing now and it's just, a, they don't know what to prepare for or how to prepare for it or it's something new that no one's ever been through, right, and just kind of, everyone's trying to do their part, which is great. I think a lot of, um talk to johnny boy Chuck, touch up talk to those guys and like they're everyone just trying to do their part stay safe and in a lot of these guys are just doing what they should be doing staying at home not not talking to anybody they are just talking to people but not going out in public just kind of hanging out and you know trying to stay healthy and you know and hopefully hopefully this thing if everyone does their part in, in edmonton and in alberta we'll we'll get through this a lot quicker and get hockey back on because you realize how much you miss it and you might realize how much sports are a part of your life and and I enjoy watching the game, and I, I still watch it religiously every night. I think it's uh, you do miss it, and then hopefully those guys are ready to go when they get
0: going. Did I know you're coaching as well? Did your team get to finish? Or are they one of the many teams that lost the last couple of weekends?
3: Well, we say we won the we say we won the provincials, so that's what the, that's what the story is. We'll stick to that.
0: Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. gotcha. <laughs> Jason, thanks a lot for checking in. I hope you and the family are doing well and staying safe. Uh, you're always welcome here on the show, and uh, uh, you answered questions from me and a few fans tonight as well, so thanks for doing that.
3: Oh, anytime, real Yeah, thanks. Stay healthy. I'd like uh, everyone to stay healthy for
1: sure. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business
0: icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media,
1: and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
2: Sports is and not as uh, simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
1: want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
2: many more doors. The show
1: is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the
0: deal on Spotify. Right on. That is Jason Schmerich Tonight on Inside Sports. We're back after the break.
1: Is this a request, Kellen? It is. The fella didn't leave a handle, but he wanted to hear some Iron Maiden, so here is Rainmaker. Oh, there we go. From 20. This this decade, sometime. Early this decade. I can't remember the exact year, but.
0: Good stuff. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Excellent to catch up with Jason Chimera. He's always fun to talk to. Grant Canton joined us earlier. And uh, Oilers forward Josh Archibald. I mentioned uh, Scott Milanovich scheduled to be on the show tomorrow, the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, We are also hoping to connect with Caleb Jones, uh, another member of the Edmonton Oilers. They've been making a lot of players uh, available to the media this week. And, of course, Dave Tippett has spoken a couple times. He was on Oilers now with Bob. Uh, when was that, on Monday, did a conference call yesterday, so they're keeping you updated. Uh, Tough situation for the players like uh, a lot of you. A lot of of waiting, not a lot of Socializing and just a a lot of hoping things are going to get better sooner rather than later. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-south comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics spun with a modern twist, northchickenyeg.com, and you can find out how they're keeping you full of chicken and Dorito mac and cheese during this pandemic. The Edmonton Oil Kings have announced... Some of their uh, award winners for the past season, Matthew Robertson, named team MVP and top defenseman, rookie of the year, no surprise, Dylan Gunther, Jake Neighbors gets most improved player and scholastic player of the year. Ethan Cap, the humanitarian of the year. 780-496-0063 if you would like to call or text. Local UFC fighter Tanner bulldozer Bozer. When we get back, great nickname, but his career has been thrown into a bit of a loop because of the pandemic.
1: change from the usual fare. Uh this is from the Hermit. Uh Days of the New, the Downtown. All right, good stuff.
0: Thanks a lot for checking in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. My name is Reed Wilkins and I'm pleased to be joined on the line by UFC fighter Tanner Bowser. Tanner, you're, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. It's nice to meet you. I'm going to start this interview as I've started many. I wish it were under better circumstances. Had we not been hit with this pandemic, we may have had you on this week to talk about how your bout went this past weekend, uh, but, it, but it didn't go off. Can you kind of give us uh,
1: your version of the events here? Uh, yeah, so I was scheduled to fight Jeff Hughes uh, in March 28th in columbus ohio but obviously with the coronavirus and everything all events have been uh, postponed until further notice um what ufc had said they were going to do was uh put an event on in vegas at their apex center which is um a small venue where they host the tuesday night contender series that they do for a couple months out of the year and they were just going to to televise and stream the event but have no crowd but then when the uh amount of people allowed in a building went down from 50 to 10 it just wasn't feasible between corners and uh fighters referees judges doctors etc so then it uh after that was put into place the event was just postponed indefinitely until we uh till further notice okay well because i was just thinking
0: didn't ufc do a, a relatively big event in an empty
1: arena shortly before this yes yeah okay uh they did it two weeks before my event was supposed to be and it was in brazil uh they had right. already flown the fighters and everything there right when um regulations and stuff started to uh happen around the globe but I guess it just wasn't as strict in Brazil yet, and they were able to do an event with an empty arena. So, so, sorry, how far
0: in advance did you find out the event on the 28th was was postponed?
1: Uh, I found out about two weeks before it was supposed to happen, less than two weeks, but uh, just under two weeks.
0: All right. So, uh, I mean, look, can you just sort of put into words how disappointing that was because this was another... You know, chance for you to go in there, and
1: prove yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm. Um, I was ready to fight, so I'm bummed that I didn't get to. You know, I went through a full training camp. I was in shape, ready to ready to fight. I just finished my final hard strength and conditioning. The next, uh, the rest of the week, I found out on a, uh, I think a Monday or a Tuesday, the rest of the week would have been uh, reasonably intense, but not as bad. I'd finished my my last horrible training session so to get canceled after that when it was kind of smooth sailing right up until the fight kind of sucks but i mean that's that's you know it's how it goes i'm not going to complain there's people with bigger problems than losing a fight so uh, not losing a fight than losing a scheduled boat so it's not not the end of the world it sucks but i mean the entire world's basically under quarantine right now so what you going to do now why did
0: you describe that particular training session as horrible tanner
1: Oh no, like uh I have a few a week that are just gruesome. So I mean that was the last really difficult one I had that I had finished that was before the fight. So it got cancelled pretty much while I was done all the really hard training sessions and it was just so, the coast was clear.
0: Well, I mean look obviously you're in incredible shape if you're a UFC fighter. So what makes the like what specifically are you doing that make these training sessions a little more arduous, shall we say? Um,
1: Uh, Well, we we have really hard cardio circuits that we focus on. um, We have an Airdyne bike, a, a skier, and a versa climber, which is the one I hate the most. And you can never really beat the machines. You go as hard as you can on those things for a certain amount of time, depending on the day. And then I'll get super tired from doing that stuff, and then I'll go have to wrestle a fresh guy who's just warmed up and ready to go and then I have to go back and do some more cardio or something and then I gotta go and I'm starting on my back with somebody on top of me who's fresh trying to punch me in the face and I gotta get up, you know, it's just, you put yourself in these aggregate situations that are very hard.
0: Okay, well alright, so who's
1: your coach? Uh, my coaches are Jeff Montemuro at Shave Bears MMA and Cedro Noda at Frankly's Muay Thai Right, and you
0: live here in Edmonton?
1: Yeah, technically I live in St. Albert but yeah. Okay, yeah,
0: where'd you grow up? I grew up in Bonneville. All right. A, t- a town I know well. I don't know if you ever listen to the show, but I used to work in Lloyd Minster and go cover the Bonneville Pontiacs. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I know the RJ Lalonde Arena quite well. Did you, did you, what sports did you do as a kid?
1: Uh, as a kid, I did karate growing up, and I actually played soccer. Oh, but, interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, if you if you covered the Pontiacs, actually, my cousin Brinson Pasternak just got signed to the San Jose Sharks a couple of days ago. He oh, was on the a, Pontiacs. Okay, yeah, I
0: want to I had him on about six weeks ago. He
1: yeah, yeah.
0: The, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to catch up with him again because uh, Arizona State, right? A Hobie Baker uh, candidate. Yep. And, uh, yeah, now he's going to the shark. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up with him for an interview. He was really uh, interesting to talk to. Okay, cool. So to tell me a little bit about – so, you, so you, you have a karate background. Tell me about why and when you got into UFC.
1: Um, okay, so I did karate from when I was 11 until I, when I was, I think, 19 or 20. And then shortly after that, I, I – well, I, I kind of knew I wanted to get into MMA, but there wasn't really a scene anywhere in the Lakeland, of course – so uh, I did the best I could, uh, trained with some of my friends and uh, well, what we thought was training anyways. And I had my first fight at Unified MMA in October of oh, 2012. And then after that, um, we had a jiu-jitsu coach uh, who started a jiu-jitsu program in Bonneville, a man named Jake Sansom, who actually sadly uh, passed away on the weekend. Uh, and he helped me and my brother and lots of other people on Bonneville get uh, good enough at jiu-jitsu to get us through a few fights, you know. So um, after my second pro fight, I moved to Edmonton because I was 2-0 and I knew I was just pushing my luck at that point. I'd better go train with, you know, true professionals at true professional gym.
0: Okay. What do you like most about uh, being
1: an MMA I don't know I like the lifestyle you know it keeps me healthy and in shape all the time but I don't know what it is about it I I enjoy the competition I suppose it's it's just the life I like I'm I'm happy I'm happiest when I have uh when I have a fight booked I'm happiest when I have something to look forward to in that way I don't I can I have no idea
0: I, I, I should have put asked this earlier what you, so you're a heavyweight
1: yeah I'm a heavyweight so yeah. what's your height and weight uh, I'm six foot two and I weigh about two hundred fifty pounds.
0: Okay, so you're uh, you got some muscle on you then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit of muscle on me, but um, heavyweight division goes up above two hundred and five pounds up to two hundred and sixty-five pounds. So by oh, no wow. means am I one of the bigger boys in the division.
0: Okay, uh, so I I mean look, I, I don't I'm not, I'm not going to pretend at all to be an expert on on UFC and, and mixed martial arts. I've certainly seen it, but but I, I'm not that well schooled in it, but. I, I know there are, are a lot of different styles. So, how would you describe your style?
1: Uh, I'm more of a kickboxer. I tend to keep most of my fights standing up, if if possible. Okay, and so
0: you're not doing a lot of holds then, and things like that.
1: Um, well, I mean, I, I practice all of it. I'm quite adept at all of it, but in fights, my uh, my specialty is is striking more or less. I. I'm good at low kicks and uh keeping the range and usually able to outpoint my opponents with strikes. Okay.
0: Uh so you have a pretty good record 17-6-1. Do I have the right record? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you one I'm going to ask you a two-parter Tanner. All right. Give us your uh greatest high in a bout and your greatest
1: disappointment in a bout. Okay, so both of those are tied to the same guy. My greatest high was beating Tim Hague who um had knocked me out and gave me my only knockout loss. I got knocked out uh, defending the unified heavyweight title uh, in Canada uh, by Tim Haig, who was a UFC vet. He had five fights in UFC. He was a big, big guy, power puncher, and he knocked me out right at the start of the fight. I ran right into a punch, like a complete idiot. And then I won a few fights and got back into uh, title contention, and then I knocked him out when I fought him again. Actually I didn't I didn't fight him for the belt. He had lost the belt by then to uh American named Tony Lopez. So I I beat him before that and then went on to win the belt. But losing in that fashion to a guy that we didn't get along, we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of trash talk beforehand and most of it was genuine and then um Beating him after we were both the low and the
0: high of my career. Oh, interesting, and, and unfortunately, of course, we uh, we lost him about about three years ago. But you, so you had a yeah. rival with him. Okay, I get, but Tanner, I got to ask you this. So you said, and I'm just I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at how you said it. I, I ran. You said something like I ran into his punch like an idiot, and you lost yes. right at the beginning. So at the time, did you think okay maybe
1: this isn't so smart, or did you need to be well, told no, after? At the time- I mean, clearly, clearly, I didn't have to be told anything after that because I mean, I kept asking what happened. I had to, was no wasn't wasn't a secret that I made a gruesome mistake, but no, my the plan going into that fight was to pressure him and, and push him into the cage and try and tire him out and just go at him right at the start. I just did it really stupidly, and I don't fight that way anymore. I, I learned as stupid as it is The fight was six seconds long, and I learned a lot from that fight. I've never done anything like that since, and since then i my fighting style changed drastically as well
0: okay well i i had to ask and tanner if you ever listen to my show i always say this that i often get better athletes often give better stories from the disappointing moments than from from the victories and, and you just gave me a, a very candid look into uh something but, but but ultimately that helped your career though right
1: um it did it took me a while to get back on track in the eyes of UFC or the eyes of any of the bigger promotions but it probably helped me out in the long run yeah if you look at it as a marathon and not a sprint if I would have beat Tim and I probably would have got signed to UFC back then and I truthfully I wasn't ready I only thought I was so I, I might have just washed out it might have been near impossible to get back into UFC or something like, like that so the way I'm, I'm happy with the way everything's turning out right now so I just got to keep the ball rolling. All right, well,
0: so everything's on hold right now. Tell us what you're doing to stay in shape
1: um well, I'm doing my best i got uh, I got a skipping rope and a couple of forty pound dumbbells and uh a medicine ball and that is obviously not ideal, but I mean everybody is doing their part and trying to uh you know isolate as best they can so i'm I'm just not eating like a dumpster and whatever my body will stay in as good a shape as I guess it possibly can with minimal exercise and hopefully stuff goes back to normal sooner than later
0: all right the nickname
1: bulldozer who gave it to you uh that's that's a long story too actually it was um similar to a nickname that one of my friend and training partners Mitch Clark had given me back at Hayabusa and it was an inappropriate name but it kind of rhymed with that so then they changed it to uh nope to, to bulldozer and uh <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah and then after one fight another friend was like man a, a guy in my corner uh, another training partner of mine and said man you bulldoze that guy you call yourself the bulldozer and then my friend mitch who had made up this nickname that it kind of rhymed with it's like yeah that's it bulldozer but i know what it means you know what i mean. all right yeah that's uh well i i
0: I love the nickname tanner bulldozer bozer and it rhymes yeah Yeah. it's got an excellent it's got an excellent ring to it for sure well hey tanner you know what it's great to have you on the show i'm glad we've connected so please keep in touch and and hopefully we can talk again when when everything gets going again and, and you can update us you're you're a very good interview and i can tell you're very passionate and you're working very hard so thank you for coming on inside sports tonight
1: hey thanks a lot i appreciate you having me
0: Right on. That is Tanner Bozer checking in tonight. Was supposed to have his belt, uh, his belt on uh, March 28th, and uh, like most sporting events in the world. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: That has been postponed. 7.47, we'll call a quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet.
1: for you jet city woman as requested by s fan glennie s fan glennie who i uh briefly
0: got to meet when i was doing a remote at a uh, golf equipment sale i want to say back in june maybe cool no it was no it was in november no no it was at the end of the golf season yeah it was in november because then there was an orders game that night uh and he's the big uh he's the misty mountain hop guy as well is he not Likes the Zeppelin song? Maybe. I think that's him.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: All right. 780-496-0063 is how you can reach us. Calling or texting inside sports at 630Ched.com is the email. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Kellen, what's your Twitter uh, handle again? It's like Kellen... Uh, at Kellen Nitro. So
1: K-E-L-L-E-N-N-I-T-R-O. At-
0: and little known fact, Nitro is your middle name. Yes Kellen Nitro Kennedy Yes Your parents were thinking outside the box A little bit <laughs> Do you, you have a middle name by the way? I do, yes Can I ask what it is? You may. I, I understand if you don't want to reveal it
1: <laughs> uh, I don't want to reveal it But it it definitely does not start with a K So we don't have to worry don't about have to that Don't worry about that Okay, are okay. You, are you, It starts with a T so. Are you ashamed of your middle name? Kellen T. Kennedy There we go are No,
0: you, are not you, at all You just don't want to reveal it That's fine No
1: I, I, I won't reveal it But
0: no I don't know if you knew this. I Reed is my middle name. I go by my middle name. Cool. Do you know that?
1: I think so. Probably knew that at some. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think we talked about it like years ago. Yeah, first name's James. Cool. Yeah. I like Reed. Nice. By the way,
0: happy birthday. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Another year older. There you go. Yeah, it's good. Feels exactly the same as yesterday.
1: (laughs) It'll feel exactly (laughs) the same way tomorrow. Probably.
0: Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. Alex Chason did a conference call earlier today he was asked if he sees
2: uh, championship qualities in the Oilers. You know a lot of a lot of the championship teams in my opinion are not just built uh, overnight it takes time and um, it also takes um, experience and you know, sometimes you got to face the lows and um, or the highs and um, you got to grow as a team and Uh, I think our our young core, our our young core players, have have really taken that to the next level. Uh, They've taken a good charge of our 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 team. Um, We've added a few guys that are uh, really good on the ice, and also they they provide a different type of personality in the locker room. So, I think all that going, you know, there's a lot of that stuff that you know it seems really unnoticed on the ice, but really what goes on off the ice is, is, is a big factor and. Uh, championship team. So um, that was one of the reasons for me I, I wanted to come back here uh, last year is because uh, there's a lot of things I saw in this group that uh, I saw when I played in, in Washington. So, uh, like again, I, I think it, we've earned that as a team. We, we've showed that, and uh, we're hopeful that, you know, hopefully the season comes back and we can go and play and have fun.
0: Jason also commenting on Leon Dreisaitl's big
2: season. Well, he's really self-driven. Um, I think that's one of the things I've noticed. He He's a guy that's a, he's hard on himself. He pushes players to be better. Um, he's, he's a guy at such a young age that sees the game differently. Uh, there's so many guys in the league that it takes time to... to See that aspect of the game. He, he's figured it out uh, real quick. Uh, just, he's kind of taken his, his his own steps. You know, he's he's decided to play that way that he's capable of playing. And uh, hats off to him. Uh, this is all on him. He's he's uh, he's he's a great athlete. He's in great shape. Um, you know, he's a guy that takes good care of himself, and uh, that translates on the ice.
0: Alright, that is Alex Chason from your uh, Edmonton Oilers. Was so having a decent season up to 11 goals on the year in 65 games, 24 points in total. Could kind of fit into a lot of different spots in the lineup as we were working our way through the campaign until it was placed on pause on March 12th. Again, Caleb Jones scheduled to join us on Inside Sports tomorrow and the Oilers are also scheduled to have a conference call with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So if everything goes according to plan, we'll have some clips from him as well. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, I, I don't have to tell you one of the most popular members of the Edmonton Oilers hockey club well Kellen we're winding her down for another day uh again mm-hmm. uh really appreciate everybody tuning into the show hope we're giving you what uh, what you need and feel like as we uh as we take you through these very difficult times uh I was on with uh with Chelsea and Shea this morning who were doing a great job on six thirty 30 mornings and and they said hey like how, how are you doing a sports show well th- this is the thing they there, there's actually a ton of sports news. There just aren't games. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and, and sometimes we just have a guest on who might tell some stories or lighten the mood a little bit. Right, but we do that quite often anyway. But there actually has been a lot of sports news. You know, the the Wimbledon today, the CFL earlier this week. Um, you know, the junior hockey canceling the Memorial Cup. So there, there is there. I look at it as there are a lot of things going on in the world of sports just not actually games being contested.
1: Yeah, not so, to mention NFL free agency as well going on. Well, no, I
0: mean, the Tom Brady thing. That's I mean, huge.
1: Here's the thing. It, to the Tom Brady
0: changing teams happens shortly after, like, this really started with isolation and 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 businesses closing down and all that stuff. That's probably the biggest sports story of the year to the point. Like, I, I, Absolutely. Like, I think Brady changing teams probably trumps the result in any game. <laughs> Tournament that's been played to this point. By the way, I told they, they told the band they got to come in quieter in the background. Kellen, we got <laughs> we got they're a little rusty.
1: So that's what happens <laughs> that's when you a, have the knobs switched to eleven.
0: <laughs> we got spinal tap in studio. That's awesome. Thanks to the people texting happy birthday on the uh, on the text line. I've, I have had a very good day. Uh, so thank you for that, and hosting this show is always a highlight for me. But yeah, I mean Tom Brady uh, changing teams. So again, that that's probably the biggest sports story of the year outside of everything. <laughs> again, outside of everything being shut down. Absolutely. But I just think in terms of a pure. Um, you know player personnel trade signing i mean i mean that's number 1 so we've had plenty of stuff to talk about we're going to keep talking with you every night i always appreciate when you call in and text and, and interact as well dave campbell is the producer of the show kellen kennedy your studio operator my name is reed adler's next have a great night